You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Alright, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. This is a very special episode we have here. Today I'm being joined by Tony Cini and Frankie Marinara. How are you guys doing? Good. How about you? Yeah, we're doing great. Thanks you got, uh, both of you guys for coming on. Uh, how, uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Excited? Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. yeah, I'm excited to talk about some wrestling and... Uh... The Royal Familia is in the house tonight, so, you know, we're always uh, ready to put it over and let you know what's up next, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you guys are two-fourths, if I'm if I'm saying that correctly, of the Mob Squad. I actually, we are actually fourths of the uh, Royal Familia. Familia. I Royal, actually have I'm two. sorry, guys, I fucked that all up. Uh, no, that's, that's no problem, because you saw the Mob Squad in action in Little Ferry, New Jersey, at Invectus. Yes, and, I did. Uh, and I mean, the, the Royal Familia and the Mob Squad are cool. You know what I mean? We're all tight. We're we're all family. Nonetheless, we're all the squad. And uh, this is the thing. I mean, whether it's the Mob Squad or whether it's the Royal Familia, I'm still Capo Grande. I'm still calling the shots, and I'm still making sure that uh, things run smoothly, no matter what. Just you two guys in in the Familia, or is it uh, mainly, or is there? Nope, it's, it's us two, and Francesca's with us too, and we also have the Prince of Parm. Joey Angelo. All right, awesome, awesome. So, what has been going on the docket for you guys? Do you uh, what shows have you guys been doing recently? I know I uh, caught you, Tony, over at um, Invictus Pro Wrestling a couple weeks ago, like you said in Little Ferry. Uh, but where have you guys been in the past uh, number of weeks or months on your loops lately? So, I mean, the thing is, is uh, we've been traveling around pretty well uh, as of late because we've been doing a lot of New Jersey. Uh, that's kind of our home base yeah. right now. We also did uh, 1CW in Delaware. Uh, over here in New Jersey, we have LTW. That's kind of like our, that's just like our home kind of, you know what I mean? But uh, on top of that, we also do Triple uh, WA out in Pennsylvania uh, at the Quakertown uh, Farmer's Market. And that's always a fun time because there's always an electric atmosphere over there. The fans uh, always pack in and they always know what's going on. And uh, it's one of those crowds that are just really receptive. So uh, we're always happy to go there. How long have um, have you guys been at this for? How long have you guys been, uh, been uh, wrestling? So I started my training uh, in 2017, and uh, that was with uh, Big Al, uh, also known as 911 in ECW, and his son, Big Vin. And uh, you can also go, Frankie. Yeah, dude. Uh, I started training back in 2019, so I'm two years in, going on to my third year now. So, uh, you know, wrestling is life. I wouldn't trade it for anything, you know what I mean? It, it's pretty, it's been awesome. Like, I've met a lot of cool people and a lot of a lot of friends, I could say, that are pretty much for life because we share the ring with each other, and that means something on a totally different level, you know what I mean? I understand to a degree. I'm sure wrestling there is a camaraderie, um, a brotherhood, just like any other thing, whether it be, you know, football, basketball, baseball. I myself, I played baseball growing up as a kid, and I have two uh, best friends who I consider brothers to this day. One of them was my co-host for a very long time, and we we're both huge wrestling fans. So I imagine it's a lot like that when you're in the ring with somebody. Um, yeah. What, what kind of um, 
for both you guys, was there like a wrestler or a match or a moment that you saw or like made you fan and kind of been like, shit, I, I want to do that. What, what was it for you guys? Well, for me, uh, personally, um, my uncle uh, is a professional wrestler himself, and he's been doing it for 30 years on the uh, New Jersey independent scene in the Tri-State area. His name is Slayer. So from the start, pretty much when I was, like, born, I, I kind of guess, like, I was, I was going to be attracted to it one way or another because of just watching him through all the years and stuff like that. So that's where I kind of got my inspiration and kind of got my feel. They're like, all right, I want to have my shot at this and see if I can really do it. But I don't always think that I want to do it in his steps. I kind of want to carve my own path. And I think I've kind of started to do that now being into my third year. What about you, Tony? Yeah, for me, I mean, you know, I I was one of those people that like always kind of grew up like like kind of wishing that like I had a family member that I didn't know about that was a wrestler, like something cool like that. And I didn't obviously, but I mean, it was just one of those things where like as a kid, I didn't even know like what wrestling school was. I just I just kind of thought that like WWE wrestlers were just kind of like handpicked guys like that like got trained by like other professionals. And, like, that was it. You know what I mean? Like, those people were picked, and that was it. But then I realized that there were wrestling schools and opportunities and all that kind of stuff, I mean, all over the place, especially in New Jersey. And um, what happened was I ended up meeting Big Al 911 uh, actually at a bar one time. He was just doing karaoke, and uh, I just kind of, like, I, I recognized him, but I didn't know who he was exactly, but then he came up and he recognized my shirt because it was a, it was a Steve Austin t-shirt, and he was like, hey, I wrestled that guy. So I was like, oh my god, I was like, I think I know this guy, I think I know this guy, and then I heard somebody say 911, and I was like, oh my god, like, because, like, he was, like, one of those, like, those guys, like, in ECW, like, when he came out, like, he was the real deal, like, like you know, like, you always had, like, he always had your attention, like, and he had everybody's attention even at the bar that night. So, like, he, he never really lost it. And uh, anyway, I kept in touch with him for a while, and he ended up opening a school, and, you know, that's how I got my shot. But, like, when I first knew I really wanted to do it, it was watching, uh, actually, the main event, WrestleMania 20, when uh, Shawn Michaels did the moonsault to the outside. And just watching that moment was just, like... I mean, it was just incredible. Like, it was just, I don't know. I mean, I, it was the first time I ever saw anything like that. And I, I was just like, I have to do, I have to be that person. You know what I mean? That's really cool. Hell of a main event you chose, too, WrestleMania 20. Absolutely. And, yeah, that's one of the most underrated main events of all time because of some particular persons in that match. Should it be that? Unfortunately, but it's arguably the greatest triple threat match I've ever done in wrestling. Yes. Oh my 100%. god! I mean, it it just it was perfect. I mean, it, it was just, just I can't think of I can't think of anything that that was it was flawless. It was like I mean, for like even thinking about it now, I get chills. It's just it was such a great event. Yeah, the guy who we all who all the fans really wanted to win in Benoit, and really we thought like, well, he's probably going to take the pin or something. No, Triple H put him over, and he's tapping to Benoit. Yeah. And it just it made perfect sense because like how the story was built with him winning the Royal Rumble, him, and then uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels had that blood feud going with each other. So like to add that into the mix, it was pretty much the story was writing itself, and like it was just amazing when he 
tapped out Triple H because like he was considered the wild card in that whole triple threat, and like you never know. But it, but like you said, it made sense because like it, Triple H and Shawn Michaels had like a story going that didn't need the World Heavyweight Championship because of the story they had. You know, it was just purely just enough. But Chris Benoit was at that point where not that he needed the title, but like it was like he earned that title. And, it, like, he earned, like, a, an opportunity to be able to hold it and defend it and do, you know, what he did for, you know, a few months. It wasn't a longest reign, but it's still, you know, still did he did some good stuff and he had some good matches still. I think he had that, like, I think he had a singles with, with Triple H at the next pay-per-view. I believe so. Uh, I know at, uh, one, yeah. at one point they, they redid the Triple Threat. I'm not sure if there's the next pay-per-view or, like, an, the following one. Yeah, yeah, it was Backlash. They did the redid the Triple Threat match again. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I, I guess on that topic, uh, who was like the wrestler for you, Tony? Would you say it's it was Shawn Michaels? Well, Shawn Michaels was definitely like one of them, like one of the biggest. But like my favorite, like that really stood out, like at first for me, that like was like the one that like I always needed to see was Eddie Guerrero. That's a good one. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, he just was captivating and. He he knew how to just he knew how to just bring you through every emotion and he was able to just he was able to deliver such great matches no matter what and I don't know I mean he just he was able to 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 face someone like the Big Show or face someone like Rey Mysterio or face someone like you know uh, Mr Kennedy or or anybody really and just make them look just great because he always looked great I mean I don't know I, I nothing but great things to say about Guerrero. Gone way, way too soon. Frankie, what about you? Who was the who was like the guy for you? If you have one, uh, the guy for me is The Rock, uh, Dwayne Johnson. Uh, mainly because like we don't have exactly like the same like paths in life, but like he comes from a relative that was in wrestling, and like I come from a relative in wrestling, so like immediately like we have that connection to where like we're we we're like we have blood in our family that runs through wrestling. You know what I mean? No, that's good. That's yeah, common connection. You know, Rock obviously with his his grandfather, his his father. Yeah, yeah. You with your uncle. It, it's the perfect connection there. Yep. So I, just for me, and not not even just like that, but like even what he like just on the mic. Like honestly, like he has to be one of the top five like best promoers on the mic. You know what I mean? Like, there's no absolutely. I don't know. You could say he's best promo yeah. ever, but there's a lot of them. But you always think of the Rock when you think of the best guys in the mic. That's what I'm saying. Like when I think of the mic, I think of the Rock because he just he had he had he just had charisma and like everything. Like he just he captivated you. You listened to the Rock when he picked up the microphone. Hogan, brother. Yeah, Hogan too. He grabbed you too. Yeah. Me personally, I I saw Rock and seen at WrestleMania 29. And then when he showed up randomly at the Barclays Center uh, doing a thing with Rusev and Lana, I was pissed because I wasn't there. I want to see Rock cut promos and do his catchphrases rather than him wrestle, which is crazy to think. I know. You guys have, obviously, you have your influences. You have your guys who who you want to kind of, not obviously copy, but who you want to kind of take bits and pieces of everybody. You know what I mean? So when did you kind of, for both you guys, start to feel like... Um, you're starting to get to the groove. I know there's a bit of a difference between how long both of you guys have been wrestling, but when did you kind of feel like, 
I think I'm starting to get this now. I'm starting to really get into a groove. Was there like a moment or a match or like a piece of advice somebody gave you that kind of made like a like a light bulb click uh, click in your head? Man, I mean, for me, um, I mean, there was a couple moments really, like honestly, that that kind of made me feel that way, and uh, like it, it kind of like like it almost like it kind of progressed in segments, if that makes sense. And, um, I mean, one of them was like, I mean, I remember being, uh, like taping for, for a show, uh, GTS wrestling on YouTube. And, uh, I just kind of was there and just kind of thrown in as like an extra wrestler to be, you know, beat by another wrestler, like, you know, like a a jobber match, obviously. So I kind of sat back at that point and, and really thought and was like, I mean, I feel like I have like a little bit more to offer than just this, and this is kind of where I'm getting thrown all the time. I need to step it up, and that was when I decided to speak up, and and I actually and I and I just talked to Grim and was like, and this is behind the scenes, you know, just just talking to him, just saying like, you know, I, I feel like I I can do more, you know, and I feel like I have more to offer here. Like I want to change up my storyline, and from there, I feel like he he respected that, and and we talked a lot more, and I I kind of progressed from there and and kept having these moments where it was like you know i would i would have you know people like like uh road warrior animal or 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 tommy dreamer at the shows watching my match you know like like giving me advice and a lot of the advice was kind of to to boost to that next level and then i did another podcast with uh with raven and uh when i it wasn't raven's podcast it was like somebody else's podcast uh rewatch rewind relive i believe it's called and he had uh, me and raven on at the same time and raven you know i i was kind of like telling him that i wanted to move from the delivery boy to el capo grande which is the big boss in italian like more of like mob style gimmick and he was kind of the person who told me like right there and then like you should just go for it and I think that's a good idea. I think it's time for you to to make that step, and that's what I did. So, I mean, it, it could be that first moment where I was a jobber, or it could be that moment where I talked to Raven, but it could be all the stuff in between. I mean, that was a good question. No problem, man. Absolutely. Must have been a pretty interesting conversation to have with uh, with a guy like Raven. I've heard some uh, players a cool dude, and I've heard some, like, funny stories, just like other on other podcasts <laughs> of other wrestlers talking yeah, about Yeah, I... The first time I ever got to meet Raven, it was as a fan uh, before I started wrestling. It was at a convention, uh, WrestleCon 2013, and I didn't even know he was supposed to be there. He wasn't like, advertised to be there at all on the website or anything like that. And I saw him there, and I, you know, I, I freaked out. I marked out. I was like, "Oh man, I, I gotta go see him." So I go over. I'm like, "Oh, I gotta get an autograph," and I did. On my, I have like this DVD uh, from ACW Rise and Fall, and it's signed by like 30 people. And uh, anyway, I got him to sign it, and I was like, man, I'm so excited you're here. You weren't on the website. And he was like, I'm never on the damn website. And that was my first interaction with Raven. That's awesome. So you talked to Raven. He gave you some pretty good advice. Um, obviously, when you say Grimmy, obviously talk, referring to Grimm's toy, uh, toy show. Yes. When did you, um, when did you start working with, uh, with him? How did that connection all, all happen? So that's funny. It's um, it was actually because when this like so when I went to the school in 2017, uh, it cl- it closed. You know that same year, like it, it kind of opened in the beginning and it closed at the end. And uh, but I didn't stop learning from them. Like I I, I actually I ended up being roommates with Big Vin, and I, I you know I see Big Al all the time still. So 
I always kept learning from them and everything. But regardless, where was I going with this? I'm sorry. Where was what was the question? I apologize. Uh, just kind of how you uh, got your connect, how you kind of got in contact with with Graham. You kind of you know. Uh, oh, with Graham. For, yes, I relationship, so to speak. So that that kind of that that kind of uh, that's where I was going with that is kind of funny because he actually went to that same school, but not like as a, like a tr- like being trained, but like just like went there to check it out. And I wasn't even there the same day, and I didn't even know who he was. But that was the first time I heard of him because they said that he was there. So anyway. Um, like later down the road when the school closed, I ended up kind of making my own little videos, like to, to become the delivery boy, just kind of like making promos and stuff like that. Just working on a character development while I didn't have a ring to, to use. And, uh, some, somebody named Dalton, uh, he goes by the Dilf boy Daltano, uh, out on the indie scene. Yes, I know. It's, it's crazy. (laughs) Uh, but anyway, he reached out and he actually lived really close to me at the time. And he was just like, hey, like, I see, like, you're, you're making these videos, like, what's it all about? And I was like, you know, honestly, like, I don't, I don't really have much to offer. I'm just making videos, just making a character, but I do have a little bit of training and would like to use it. And I see you're on GTS. And he says, well, I need a ride there on Monday. And I said, well, I'm your ride. So I ended up driving him there and uh, I talked to Grim that day. And I met Grim at a show, like, or, like a show or two, like a couple times. You know, just as a fan, but, like, this is the time where I'm meeting him now and telling him, hey, like, I have a little bit of training. And he says, all right, well, show me what you know. So I went in the ring, showed him a little bit what I knew at the time, which was minimal, but enough to get me through a match. So I was able to have a match with Grimm that day. And from there, I mean, it just, I just kept coming back and and that's it. I mean, here I am today. That that was in 2018. And uh, I think that was, like, February or March 2018. And now I, I still go today. So... Very good. That's awesome. I briefly met him once at like a, a SmackDown show, my gr- first wrestling show my girlfriend and I went to. Mutual friend of ours who's at the suburb, uh, my buddy Sandy. What's up, buddy? Um, kind of met him uh, very, very, very quickly. I remember like a bunch of like his YouTube channel was blowing up at the time. Kids were trying to like get an autograph with him, picture with him. Like, he's like, he's like, guys, just let me use the bathroom and I'll take as many pictures as you want. Just <laughs> let me use the bathroom real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, seems like yeah, nice yeah. He he has a lot of those experiences, especially when he goes to wrestling shows, where it's like you know he gets bombarded by by the fans, but not bombarded in a bad way. You know, he's he's happy to see them, and but uh, you know, obviously, like this goes for anybody, not just Grim, but like when you approach somebody like that, you have to give them space and you have to be respectful, oh, absolutely. and absolutely. you know, and, and, yeah. and that, so he and he always and like I've never seen him be rude to to anybody or or snap at anybody or anything like that. Like that, that was, you know, just him being like, I need to use the restroom, you know, but that's, he's always been really good with that. And that's something that he's taught me. You know what I mean? And uh, whenever I see somebody that, that recognizes me, especially from his show, I'm very grateful. And I, I'm, you know, of course I'll, I'll take the time to talk to you or take a picture or or say hello or whatever you want. You know what I mean? Cause it's, I, I feel grateful for that. You know, that's great. And it's, it's because of Grimm. So thank you. And that's good. And and also, it's your hard work paying off. You know, people are appreciating the work you're doing in the ring and whatever character you're trying to portray. It's like, oh, it, you resonated with that person. And you're trying like, oh, I, I like what this guy does. Maybe I just want to talk to him, you know, get a picture, just something real quickly. So that's, no, that's good. It seems like you learned like uh, some good le- lessons to take moving forward from Grimm. Absolutely. So I guess uh, real quickly, we talked earlier, uh, they saw you at the 
Invictus Pro Wrestling Show back in um, in Little Fairy a couple of weeks ago at the time of this recording. You had an insane Fatal Four Way Tag Match. Uh, how did that kind of? Like, I I can I can only imagine just as a fan putting a wrestling match together, depending on the uh, the experience of each guy, how long you how many times you've worked together. It can depend, but with eight different people. It must be a lot. Like, how, what was uh, everything going into that, and uh, what were your thoughts on how that match turned out? I mean, to my knowledge, I don't think uh, any of like our tag teams have worked together, even in just a regular tag team match. So that was the first time we were all meeting. So really, that, holy shit! That, that alone is is very, you know, that's very overwhelming. And plus, on top of that. I had a show before that, and I showed up while the show was going on. So, oh, you know, geez. I get back there, and, and you know, the, I, we have minimal time. They, they, they have a structure, and that's it. You know what I mean? I, you know, I don't want to get too uh, much into that part, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, it's just um, – it's it was definitely a challenge, but we did the best we could, and I think that the, from the reviews that we've seen – uh, from the fans, I, I'm definitely happy with with how we performed. Uh, although, I will say, I don't think Zach Ruby was tapping out, and uh, I think that's kind of a controversy that I'm going to have to go with because I know that Zach Ruby was just trying to get the crowd behind him, and he was using his hand to do the the We Will Rock You, like the boom, 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 <laughs> boom. And I don't think he was. That's that's all it was. And I, you know what I mean. I'm going to have to talk to Invictus about that. Uh oh. Yeah, you take care of that, man. Um, I will say because that was the first time I had ever seen seen you um, in, at a show in any match capacity, and I'll say like right out of the gate, I'm just like, oh, these guys don't give a shit if they're cheater booed. They they want to get booed. Like I saw how you were getting in people's faces. You were being like, like I'm the best fucking thing that's going around here, and I don't give a fuck what you people think. Like not word to word what you were saying, but that's the vibe you're trying to get off. Like, like I'm the man, I'm the man around here. These are my, this is my crew. We're going to win this thing. Like, and not caring when anybody just, just being, you're not trying to be cool heels. I guess what I'm trying to say, like you're actually trying to get like real heel heat, which is something I respect. Cause I think a lot of heels try to be too cool these days. You know, that's the thing. And it's, uh, Part of the review that that somebody wrote was, uh, and I'm not like I'm I'm not like calling anybody out, but I'm just saying like they were saying that one of the tag teams was a little bit confusing, uh, and they didn't really know whether to cheer or boo them at times. But what they said about us was that at all times you knew that you wanted to boo us and that you di- you didn't want to like us. You know what I mean? But like in a good way, and that's and that's exactly what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? They they said you know book these guys everywhere because. They, uh, be, because you, everywhere needs someone to boo. That's what they said. And, and like, somebody might look at that and be like, uh, that doesn't sound very good. But to, to me, you know what I mean? That that's, that's exactly what I'm looking for because that's a kind of a lost art. The, the, the heels or the, the bad guys that, that come out and they're just hated. And it's not like, oh man, that guy does really cool stuff, but you know, he, he's kind of a dick to people. Like, no, like, like, no, I'm, I'm keeping it slow pace. I'm keeping it cool. Like, you know, I am the man, exactly what you said. Like when, when I'm out there, you know, obviously who I am is a different person, but when, when I'm out there, Il Capo Grande, it means the big boss. And that, and that's what it means for a reason. You know what I mean? I, I try to represent that. 
Yeah, and I like that a lot about the character as well. Like, I, and I like the the thing El Capo Grande. I'm like that. I'm like that's a cool name. I fucking like that. And I've seen like um um I think something a couple of years ago. It's like um like like Sammy Guevara in uh, AEW, for example. When he first came in, he was a heel, but he moves a lot like Babyface with the cool flips and tricks he does. It's like it's it's cool, but I kind of want him just to be more of just a straight up bad guy. Now it's okay because he has a full baby face. And again, I appreciate when heels are heels and they're doing their job because it's all, it's, that's the saying. I appreciate wrestlers who are stick to their character and stick to what they're trying to accomplish. And obviously you're accomplishing what you're trying to do with, with your character and your group. How did you, um, how'd you come up with the, uh, with the name of, uh, of mob squad? Um, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, so I didn't really know that I was going to be making another group because the Royal Familia was my original group, and that was something that uh, happened for, like out of a feud that me and Joey Angelo were like we were like in like this blood feud where we just kept like you know basically killing each other in these matches, and what ended up happening at the end was we we ended up saying like why would we fight when we could just join our families together and be the Royal Familia. And that kind of, you know, turned into its own thing where we added Frankie later on. And, and uh, yeah, but then when the Mob Squad came about, it, we were at this, we were at a show and basically the promoter wanted me to have somebody in the crowd to help me out, you know, with the win. And it was not, it, it wasn't planned to be anything specific or anything like that. But basically, Zach Ruby was there, and it was right place, right time. But for those of you who don't know, I've actually known Zach Ruby since I was five years old. And, uh, you know, we, we've, we were already good friends, and I already knew that he was, at the time, just, you know, he was training hard, and he was, he was there to help out. And I was like, you know what? He deserves this opportunity. So he, right place, right time. He, uh, he ended up helping me out, and we already had Francesca. So it ended up just being the three of us originally. Uh, we thought of the name Mob Squad, just kind of just thinking of like what we should do, and I really thought that like like uh, honestly like the trend of of like the whole like the the whole the whole squad thing, like you know, there's there's Suicide Squad and and you know like uh, I don't know, there's all these different squads everywhere, like and that's like this just like the, one of the big things, and I was like Mob Squad, you know what I mean? Job Squad, Mob Squad, but we're not the Job Squad, we're the Mob Squad because we're the bosses. It's like turning that into something different, you know. I don't know. We just we just kind of made it into our own thing, and then we added Jay the Key Evans actually uh, in a match that I had against Tony Atlas, and uh, Jay the Key Evans was kind of there as Tony Atlas's equalizer, and ended up turning on him to join the Mob Squad, and uh, that was a really big moment for us. I actually did call. I I did catch that match before we um, uh, when the with the clips that I checked you out of. How was working with Tony Atlas? I didn't even know he wrestled anymore. I thought he was done wrestling. Hey, he could still go, man. You know, I mean, you might think he's done. He's in his 60s or 70s or whatever he wants to say or, you know what I mean? But uh, either way, um, he could still go and he's still a big dude. And, and uh, he took me to the limit. But at the same time, I, I took him to the limit and I didn't lose. If you notice, uh, I don't know if you watched the whole match, but I did. Yeah. And I, I didn't lose. I didn't win, but I didn't lose, and that's and that's something that I'll take to the grave. No, you didn't lose, and you got a new member in in the in the grand scheme of things for for the mob squad. 
Um, just some of the bits I thought was really really funny. Like you know when you're when you're you know playing up the heel like like oh like you pulled my hair. And I thought it was funny that Tony Gunn's like pulled my hair. I'm like I'm like what the fuck. <laughs> Like I, it was. Yeah, no, that was, that was great, you know, and a lot of that was Tony, and and he's and he's great, you know. I feel like he's a bit of like um, not like a ball buster, but like like likes to have a lot of fun when you're working with him. Uh, he's, he's a he's a ball buster, <laughs> for, sure. for sure. He's great though. I've I've I got to uh, before I got to wrestle him, I I got to spend some time with him a couple times out in like St. Louis, and uh, also at a couple different shows around this area and. He's always been nothing but professional, and I got to, I got to talk to him like earlier in my career, like maybe like two years before I got to wrestle him, and uh, he just he gave me a lot of good advice, and he he was one of those people that told me something that I still use today, which is like, you don't have to go too fast, you, you could take everything slow, and 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 really like pace yourself out there, and and you're not going to hurt yourself, and and you're going to make everybody see what you're doing, and. That was something that he told me pretty early in my career, and I use it against him. Very true. Very true. You did. You took your time in the match with him. I also caught a uh, a strap match you had, uh, and I I could tell by the crowd you were more of the the good guy here. So I'm guessing this was a bit of an older match. Well, it's a, it's actually um, I I'm a mostly a bad guy everywhere you see me, but there's mm-hmm. one place uh, that you go and they haven't done they haven't pulled the switch on it yet, but. Uh, it's it's called UWC. I've been a babyface there for for three years, and I'm their United States champion right now. And uh, I mean, I love going there. They're they're one of those other places that's a home to me, just like LTW, uh, which I you know which I love as well. But UWC, I mean, they've been around for a long time, and uh, uh, Lois and Dave and uh, and Joe Rules are all. You know, just just wonderful people, and they they put on a really good show. It's it's a, it's one of the, it's a kid friendly type show, you know, and it's 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 very PG and it's it's a good environment. And a lot of the fans go there. A lot of the same fans go there every week, but or every month rather. And it's it's just a great environment. Yeah, it looked like I mean, it looked like a lot of people. Obviously, you were the baby face there. A lot of people are having a lot of fun. Um, I like that in the spot in that match where um. And I'm sorry, I can't recall your, uh, your opponent's name in the match, but when he was carrying you. Bonifer. Bonifer, okay. I, I like when he was carrying you and he's grabbing the, uh, touching the corners on the around the ring, you're doing it too. And when he get, you get thrown to the corner, I'm like, I'm like, that's really smart. That's a really smart way to finish the match. Was that, was that, uh, uh, who came up with that? Was that your idea? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we came up with it together. We talked about it and, and, uh, we kind of had like, had a direction that we knew we had to go in and as we were talking we kind of put that together and we were like you know that's pretty good because we we definitely both did our tape study on on other strap matches and uh you know you you might not see the same finish on another one but you you might see something similar and you know it's it's what's old is new and uh people kind of forget that sometimes and they think that everything they have to do is like has to be an extra flip or an extra turn or whatever it is and all it really has to be is if if you really look and dig deep into some the annals of wrestling history you'll find some things that that you never thought possible you know from like maybe even the 60s 70s 80s 90s and uh you know that's something that that I really I pride myself on I actually don't watch a lot of the current product and it's not because like it's not because like I'm one of those people that are like oh screw the current product or anything like that 
Uh, I don't have a lot of time to do it right now, and I keep up the best I can, like through social media and everything. But when I do my tape study, you know, I don't really worry about that. Which, you know, I do. Like I said, I keep up on it because those are the people that are they're there for a reason, and you want to know why they're there. So you watch them, and you know, you watch them carefully. But at the same time, like I said, what's old is new, so you want to make sure you keep up on on the history. Yeah, I've learned that that's a very common trend with uh, with a lot of wrestlers these days. I um. Uh, a guy I had in my podcast who was actually in the the Invictus World Title match, uh, Mike Verna. Uh, him and I are, uh, are, uh, are friends. We've been on the podcast before. He had told me that he's a wrestler who doesn't necessarily watch pro wrestling only, not only because you know he's in the thick of it himself and he's working and he's grinding, but he has other projects. Like you know, he likes co- he coaches college baseball. He does some acting gigs here and there. So it's more or less of a thing of just like you're driven to be a wrestler to get be on shows get your name out there and i would think to eventually get signed somewhere or or do you are you one of those guys who like really wants to really do their own thing on the indies because that that's a good uh route for anybody you know especially these days in wrestling what what is your whole mo do you have a uh what is your what is your main goal really this this is this is what i've really been telling people as of late is that uh, I want to, you know, I of course I'd love to be on, on WWE and AEW and, you know, I'd love to be the WWE champion. And who doesn't, you know what I mean? Like if you're in this business, of course you want to be the WWE champion or the AEW champion or, or the Ring of Honor champion or, or, you know, any of those, you know, big companies. And But the big thing for me is that I just would like to, I'd like to go around anywhere and everywhere I can, get as much experience as I can and get as much knowledge as I can and be well-respected enough in the wrestling community to one day be able to pass on that knowledge to a next generation. That makes a lot of sense. So kind of really like, like um, I guess, for example, someone like um, uh, Adam Cole's a guy who comes to my mind. Uh, you know, he wrestled all over the place. He wrestled in New Japan. He wrestled in Ring of Honor. He wrestled in PWG. Really, really honed his craft and really got everything he needed to know. So by the time he got to NXT, WWE, he really didn't need much polishing. Polishing, He's like, no, this is who I am. I, I guess that's kind of the same way. You really want to hone your craft, perfect it as best as possible, gain knowledge, and then, and like you said, pass it on to others. But really kind of like when you get somewhere, like this is me. This is who I am. This is my character. This is who I am in ring. I, I guess I got that right? I'd like to be established and you know just just uh, well respected in, in the community and that's that's the big thing, man. It's just it's just all about respect. And I know that not everybody's going to be your fan. I know that not, that not everybody's going to like you, but it's just one of those things that if if I feel that I accomplished enough myself that I'm able to credibly help other people to where somebody says, "Where did you you know who helped you or who trained you or whatever that you know whatever." And you could say Tony Cheney, and it's actually you know oh wow okay yeah let's let's use you or you know what I mean yeah let's definitely give you a shot because we we know Tony Cheney, that's what I want you know what I mean and for me like I like I know that a lot of people they they kind of pick they pick one school to go to and they you know they they put a lot of time and, and effort into that which is good and that's and that gets a lot of people right directly to WWE or or uh, or AW or all those places. That, that's literally like a direct shot sometimes. But like you said, I want to be able to go 
a lot of different places and I want to be, I want to train in Mexico for, for a few months. I want to, I want to train, you know, like in, in Pennsylvania, like a little bit more. I trained in Pennsylvania a little bit in 2020 before the pandemic happened, uh, with the wrestle factory, you know, now I want to, I was maybe looking into a worldwide dojo, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, you, there's so many options out there and there's so many flavors that you, you just got to go out and, and pick and choose every little bit you can, because once you get to that point, like you said, you want to be so ready that it's like you don't need that much polishing. You know, it's like you have experience to offer them. You, you, I want to have something to offer them. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You want to be to a point where like you want to offer something to somebody else, and where your name value is like, oh, this guy knows Tony. Then okay, let's give him a shot. Yeah, that's very well respected. Um, is there anything like in wrestling that? I don't want to say like an odd goal, but some place or like, cause you mentioned Mexico. Do you have any other, um, plate like wrestling destinations you'd want to try and go work in? Like maybe, um, like, like a UK indie scene or, or Japan, anything like that? Or, or kind of, or, or is Mexico Absolutely. more of a goal? More goal. All of the above. I literally want to go everywhere and anywhere. I, I, I'll go to Nigeria and wrestle if I can. I literally will go anywhere and everywhere. I just want to, I want to be able to, it literally, no matter whether you're a babyface or you're a heel, you're going out there and you're drawing a reaction from people. And that's, you know, it's an addicting thing. It's, it's really an addiction. And I, I'm willing to do it anywhere. Is there any, um, if given the opportunity, like big uh, name guys, uh, you have like a bucket list of opponents on that are in the indies or that are currently signed, I guess? That's always like really hard question for me for some reason. Like I feel like there's there's a lot of people like right now, for instance, that are like going out and like putting like their list of people that they want to wrestle on on Twitter and Instagram and all that. And it, like for me, that would be so hard to pick because like I'm I'm like a weirdo that we're like I want to wrestle like Maven from WWE, like the, the one that eliminated the Undertaker. Like I would love to wrestle him, or like I want to wrestle Randy Hogan, like. I mean, like, just, I have, like, random names, but, like, obviously, like, I also want to wrestle, like, people like Cole Radrick, who's, like, like a, you know, like, somebody who's who's going out there on the indies and, and doing, like, really good, awesome things. Uh, you know, there's there's people like, uh, I mean, there's there's so many people out there that, that, that are just, like, current people that, like, Tony Deppin is really talented. I was watching something uh, with, uh, with John Gresham, uh, the Ring of Honor Pure Champion, and, and he's just, oh, he's I good. mean, phenomenal. He's good, dude. I call him... Phenom- Sorry, I mean, I it's like him and Zack Saber, amazing match Ring of Honor final battle a couple of years back. It's like watching like a painting get like painted right in front of you. I mean, it's it's literally he's so smooth. That's something that I aspire to do. You know what I mean? So I mean, he's just he's phenomenal. And those you know like I mean, if I ever got to wrestle someone like that, that's something to me like that's that's a challenge. You know. What I mean? I mean, like he's way, you know, he, he's way above me. You know, he's been in this business way longer than me. He, he has a lot more experience. He's obviously well more uh, technically inclined. I, could, I couldn't get in the ring with him and and uh, and hold up my best and, and do my best and challenge myself. And that's one of those things that shouldn't discourage somebody if you get in the ring with somebody better than with somebody better than you. And uh, and maybe they out wrestle you or they do better than you. You know, that's something that you're doing that as a challenge and and. The only way to get better is to face people that are better than you or to, or to get experience or get in the ring with people that are better than you. So, you know, never get discouraged in that light. 
I understand that completely, and I've heard that from a lot of other wrestlers in different podcasts and interviews. Um, I myself, I'm, I'm a musician. I, I play guitar, I play drums, uh, bass, and I sing, and, I, and I'm in a band with a friend of mine. And I've been around countless musicians over my time, some that are on, you know, who are just as good as me. So I've met musicians who are not on the same level as me, but, but I've met plenty of guys, a uh, uh, few in particular, who are vastly ahead of me i'm like whoa like where it intimidates me but that's the thing you want to surround yourself with people who are better than you so you can learn and you can uh learn learn more from them i imagine like you're so you're up for the challenge you say like uh gresham from ring of honor you know you wouldn't be someone's like oh he's my wrestling. No, you you want that because you want the experience because you want to like I can learn something from this guy being in there with him. Yeah, you know what, and like, and you never know. I mean, the, the, anything can happen in three seconds, and you know, I, I could always win the match. But the the thing is, is sometimes it's not always about winning or losing the match. It's about the experience. It's about it's about learning. It's about gaining the knowledge, and it's also about the reaction of the people watching. And not only do you have to win every match to, to get a good reaction from the people watching, you just have to be captivating. You have to have something to offer, you know, that, that somebody else doesn't. So, you know, you just have to do everything you can to stand out. And, and uh, like I said, Jonathan Gresham is one of those people that you, you watch the match and you're just like, whoa. Like every second of it is like, wow. Yeah, he's he's great, I mean, it, and it also goes to say, like you know, your connection with the crowd. Uh, I, I, Austin has said it many times. Like you don't have to to win to be over; you can lose in defeat. And one ex, one thing that always comes to my mind was um, Revival DIY and Takeover Brooklyn Two, where Revival won, but DIY was they were the ones they were, they were caring about that they were cheering for at the end of the night or end of the match rather. Yeah, and you know sometimes it just—it's because they showed like they showed the heart, they showed the determination. They, they because they did their job regardless, and and that's that's a good performer right there. Yeah, I'm sure that's the key of any uh, performer. Like you, you, they did what you needed to do and got the job done. I guess last few bits of uh, before we wrap up here, uh, a few more things. Um, what do you have um, lined up as far as your uh, other other uh, shows you got coming up? Well, um, I know that uh, August 5th, uh, it's going to be Lacey Day uh, over in Lacey, New Jersey, and LTW is going to be running there. Uh, also, in September, um, unfortunately, I don't know the date right off the top of my head, but in September, they're going to be doing the Wrightstown Rumble, which is uh, every year... Big Royal Rumble style Rumble uh, with UWC. It's always a fun time, and uh, a few months after that, in December, they always do the Toys for Tots show, and they just did a Christmas in July Toys for Tots show. Uh, they do a lot of shows like that to help out others, and and uh, you always want to look out for those shows. Uh, regardless of that, uh, we're going to be I'm going to be returning to Triple uh, WA uh, July 24th, I believe, um, and. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a whole bunch of places you can see me. Also online, if you if you uh, check out GTS Wrestling, you're gonna see me on the next couple episodes. And uh, on top of that, if you go on Tony Cheney on YouTube, you could look up every single one of my matches ever, pretty much. Got a whole catalog of stuff in there. 
definitely go check that out. Pretty much. And also, uh, also we got a lot of uh, Frankie's matches going up on the uh, LTW channel as well under, uh, under another gimmick. Yeah. Under my uh, gimmick, Epiphany. So you can check that out on the uh, LTW Live uh, YouTube channel. He has really big things coming. Epiphany has the uh, LTW World Heavyweight Championship match coming up. Uh, what's that, July? July 17th. July 17th. In a triple threat match with uh, Violence and uh, Max Stevens. So that'll be a really good match, being that I have history with both Mac and, uh, and uh, Violence. Very nice. One more thing, both you guys. Um, what would you say your... Um proudest moments last match you guys have had so far in in your career or or a couple that that stand out to you um for me i mean uh that match with tony atlas that we were talking about earlier uh i mean it was one of those moments where once the like i mean everything was happening and you know i was thinking about it a lot and i was nervous about it and you know the the you know the, my music hit and i come out the curtain and i'm you know i'm doing my thing but i'm still really nervous then his music hit, and when his music hit, like you can you can even see it on the video um, that like my head turns and like everything just kind of gets real. And uh, I mean, like when he gets in the ring and the bell rings and I'm circling up with him, it's it's almost like a euphoric moment. I mean, it's it's uh, it's surreal to be honest. Um, I guess my proudest moment so far of to date. Um, I got to tag team with uh, Nunzio and Tony Mamaluke from the FBI oh, back in nice. twenty in January at a show that we did here for LTW, and uh, it so happened to be Tony Mamaluke's last match that he was going to do because you know he's got prior injuries and stuff like that. So it's like that was the last match he was going to do, and I got to be a part of that forever. So I'll always hold on to that. Can you find that on YouTube somewhere? Uh, yeah, I think there's video of it somewhere. Yeah, if you look up, uh, you were all right. So it was FBI with Frankie Marinara versus uh, Salvatore Sincere, Sal, Sal Sincere, and uh, uh, Louis Lindo, Louis Lindo, and uh, Donnie Jackson, and Donnie Jackson. Yes, awesome. That's really cool. So yeah, there's video of it somewhere. I know there is. I also have to find it. I think it's on the YouTube channel. Yeah, you'll find it. Yep. If you yeah, if you just type in that, you you'll definitely find it. Uh, and if you type in LTW, that's the company. LTW. All right. All right, guys. We've been at it for almost an hour now. Uh, I know we both had some long days. We had some technical issues getting up, uh, but we'll leave it here. Um, guys, uh, thank you so much for doing this. Tell, tell everybody where they can find you on all social media platforms or any other links that you have, like a Pro Wrestling Tease or something like that. Go ahead. Plug away. Uh, you can find me at Frankie Marinara and at Real Epiphany on Twitter. Uh, you can find at Real Epiphany on uh, Facebook, too. Um, and then you can also go to my Pro Wrestling Tease uh, slash... Uh, Epiphany, and you'll see my Frankie Marinara store with my Epiphany store too. And then for me, and then you also could find us both, uh, as well as Joey Angelo and Francesca at the uh, Royal Familia Twitter at Royal Familia, um, and also the Royal Familia Instagram. And you can also find me at Tony Cheney ninety six on Twitter and Instagram. You could also find me at Facebook dot com slash 
Tony Cheney, stub your toe. You can also find me on YouTube at Tony Cheney. You can find us both on the LTW YouTube channel. You can find me always at the GTS YouTube channel. You can also find me on TikTok. Uh, I believe it's uh, Real Tony Cheney. Um, I don't post too much, but I do post a lot of wrestling clips, and uh, that's always fun. And I put the you know the fun music on and everything, so go check that out. And uh, yeah, I mean, go check me out everywhere. If you look up my name, you find me. I have an IMDP page for God's sake. Uh, you could also find me on uh, prowrestlingtees.com/slash/tonycheney, and you can find the Fran at, at prowrestlingtees.com/slash/thefran. And you can get some pretty awesome t-shirts there as well. So don't miss out. And I'm sorry, I have to put this over as well. If you go to ltw.com, or I'm sorry, ltw slash live.com, you can find the Franz Fiery Habanero Hot Sauce. And it is delicious. You definitely have to go check it out. And I really hope that you guys like it. Leave a good review. The guy who makes it is one of LTW's very own referees, Six. And he does a great job, so definitely go support him and definitely go support us as well. Support all the things that you saw there. Real quickly, I just remember, like, really dig uh, the Fran shirt, by the way. Second, I'm like, oh, nice play on words there. Thank you. Really, really awesome. I appreciate it. No problem. Hey guys, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, uh, yes, be, please be sure to be following Frankie and Tony on all of their social medias and Pro Wrestling Tees. Support them. Find their matches on YouTube. Everything they just mentioned there. You can find me on Cameo also, by the way. I, I, I record really cool videos for you. Uh, I say whatever you want as long as it's not you know racist or really messed up. And, you know, I, there's, you know, birthdays and, uh, you know, promos, uh, pep talks, whatever you want, man. I'll, I'll do it. And uh, it's definitely worth it on Cameo. Another thing to remember. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, for having on this was a fun conversation and really enjoyed it uh, please be sure guys follow them all on their full social medias and find them wherever they may be uh, you can uh, listen to us on all your favorite podcast app with uh, Spotify Apple leave us a five star review uh, tell your friends let everybody know uh, you can follow us here on Twitter at TNAWP and on Instagram at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. You can follow myself at CJ underscore twelve fourteen on Twitter and CJ underscore twelve ninety three on Instagram. So for Frankie Marinara, for Tony Cheney, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time.